Good morning to Sri Sri Radha Kalachanji Dam. Good morning to all of the assembled devotees, those that are seen and unseen. Those that are seen and unseen. And it's amazing how much you can see with the spiritual eye. As a matter of fact, that's kind of the top. Perfect. Thank you. That's kind of the topic that we're going with this morning. As we read from Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, chapter 11. Text 25. And not that I've been reading the Srimad Bhagavatam for so many, many years because there are others that have read it much longer, but I've read it long enough to know that there is a lesson, essence, for instructions that are always in the scripture. If we take our time and think about what we've read or what we're hearing. It's so much deeper than when it hits us the first time. But before we read from the Srimad Bhagavatam, we'd like to sing Dairada Madhava. Jairadamatava Kunjabihai Jairadamatava Kunjabihai Jai Gopi Janavallabha Kirivarudari Jai Gopi Janavallabha Kirivarudari Yashoda Nandana Braja Jaranjanan Yashoda Nandana Braja Jaranjanan Yamuna Tira Vanachari Muna Tira Vanachari Yamuna Tira Vanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Kirivaradari Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Kirivaradari Yamuna Tiravanachari Yamuna Tiravanachari Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.
Jai Radha Kalachanji Radha Kalachanji Radhe Jaya Jaya Jagannath 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 Jaya Jaya Jagannath Jaya Jaya Baladev 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 Jaya Jaya Baladev Jaya Jaya Subhadra 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 Jaya Jaya Subhadra Jaya Jaya Gornitai, 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 Jaya Jaya Gornitai. Vitai Kodo Haribo, 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 Vitai Kodo Haribo, Vitai Kodo Haribo. Hari bol, Hari bol, Nitai Goro Hari bol. Now continuing to read from Srinath Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 11. Text 25, and the chapter is going through the different experiences and emotions of the inhabitants of Dwarka, and it's regarding Lord Krishna's entrance into Dwarka. It's amazing as you read the scriptures, you find that there's so many experiences that are there that if we're fortunate enough, we can relate to some of them, which means that these experiences do take place. They're not fairy tales. And when you come to understand your relationship with the Lord, and with all of the other jivas in the universe, you realize that nothing really separates us except our, our minds and our egos and our material conceptions. So, uh, again, Lord Krishna's entrance into Dwarka. Text 25, Chapter 11. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevayam Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevayam Our text 25 Nitya Nirik Yarapi Dwara Kokasham Navitri Pyanta hiri drishaha sriyo damangam achyutam nityam nirikshamanam yarapi dwarako kasam navitpriyata he drisha sriyo damanga achyutam nityam nirikshamanam yarapi dwarako kasam navitpriyanti he drisha Sriodamangam Navitripyanti hidrisha Sriodamangam achutam Nityam regularly, always. Nirikshamananam of those who look at him, 
yet, although, api, in spite of, Dorka okasam, the inhabitants of Dorka, na, never. Vitribianta, vitribianti, satisfied. A, exactly, drishaha, sight, sriya, beauties, dhamma, angam, the bodily reservoir, achutam, the infallible. And the translation here is that the inhabitants of Dwarka were regularly accustomed to look upon the reservoir of all beauty, the infallible the Lord, yet they were never satiated. Again, the inhabitants of Dwarka were regularly accustomed to look upon the reservoir of all beauty, the infallible Lord, yet they were never satiated. Report here is when the ladies of the city of Dwarka got up on the, ro- the roofs of their palaces, they never thought that they had previously many times seen the beautiful body of the infallible Lord. This indicates that they had no satiation in desiring to see the Lord. Anything material seen for a number of times ultimately becomes unattractive by the law of satiation. The law of satiation acts materially, but there is no scope for it in the spiritual realm. The word infallible is significant here because although the Lord has mercifully descended on earth, he is still infallible. The living entities are fallible because when they come in contact with the material world, they lack their spiritual identity, and thus the body, materially obtained, becomes subjected to birth, growth, transformation, situations, deterioration, and annihilation under the laws of nature. The Lord's body is not like that. He descends as he is and is never under the laws of the material modes. His body is the source of everything that he, the reservoir of all beauties, beyond our experience. Let me read that again. His body is the source of everything that be. Okay. His body is the source of everything that be the reservoir of all beauties beyond our experience. No one, therefore, is satiated by seeing the transcendental body of the Lord because there are always manifestations of newer and newer beauties. The transcendental name, form, qualities, entourage, etc., are all spiritual manifestations, and there is no satiation in chanting the holy name of the Lord. There is no satiation in discussing the qualities of the Lord. And there is no limitation of the entourage of the Lord. He is the source of all and is unlimited. Om Amgyana Timuranda Sihagananjana Shavakaya Chakshul Militam Yuna Tashmai Shri Guruve Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Yuna Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadanti Swapadandikam Vanchakalpaturubhya Shakripa Sindhubhya Eva Chapatita Nampavanibhya Vaishnavibhya Namo Namaha Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya 
Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. So much is in text twenty-five, and I like that about the scriptures because they're so specific, yet they can be expanded in our limited knowledge until we cross over to the path of transcendental knowledge and we realize that there is no limit to what we will enjoy from the scriptures, what we will get from the scriptures, the benefits of realizing how special this relationship is with the Lord. And generally when we're reading From the scriptures, people will say, well, we're reading from scriptures, from knowledge that was written over 5,000 years ago and beyond that. But you seem to be, well, let me take that back, we seem to be limited in our understanding the reality of these things occurring. What's important is that one of the big factors that you will hear or face in Krishna consciousness when you're first coming, and even if you've been in it for years, is that we shouldn't look at these bodies as our true identity. We are not these bodies. And that is one of the many faults of material nature. Not that it's imperfect, let me take that back, but it has its benefits and it brings out sometimes the worst in us so that we can purify these inconsistencies, these Situations that are not exactly completely transcendental, that are not in line with God consciousness. The moment that these jivas come into the material world, the whole dynamics of who they are can be altered to some extent. Why? Because they have come in contact with material nature. When you're in contact with material nature, very little, if any, goes according to the way it's supposed to go. The complete opposite. We look at love relationships here, and they are so based indifferently on the love relationship in the spiritual world. Sometimes the love in the material world is based on physical attraction, um, lust, uh, the need to have someone there to keep you company, Um, so many different things, and very rarely does it actually center on what true love is. It's automatically contaminated, the whole concept of love. We're automatically contaminated when we enter into the material world to the point where Those of you that have been around for a while have heard how many times in a temple, in a program, you will hear the mantra, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. But you can hear it over and over again. We have 24-hour kirtans. We have 12-hour kirtans where they're saying the Maha Mantra over and over again. There is no way 
that we can listen to the Maha Mantra for so long and for it not to be of the spiritual platform, the spiritual world. It is spiritually surcharged. Nothing else will ever give that to you, whether it's mm, foods that you desire, uh, riches that you have, beauty that you have, anything that you have in the material world, you're probably not treating it special. You're probably not giving it the full effect of a God-conscious person who understands what love is, who understands the difference between the material platform and the spiritual platform. What is sometimes even a little bit more difficult to understand are these experiences that we hear from the Vedic scriptures, these individuals that have had lives where they've done phenomenal things. How about if we think about certain situations among the devotee community in this millennium and in the previous 20th century, the 18th century, the 19th century, where devotees have had the experience of transcendental moments, and they always stand out. You think of, well, of course, we always think of Srila Prabhupada, but in the condition that he, his body was when he came over, he really shouldn't have made it here alive. He had absolutely, according to the average person that has money in their pockets, he had next to nothing in his pocket. The situation, the physical condition of his material body was such that he was fortunate enough to, from what I understand, have a regular massage every morning. And I always thought, why was that necessary? But as you get older, you realize you need some help in getting some circulation going. And if there's anything wrong with the body, a little bit of circulation or stimulation definitely moves things. But recently I heard from one of the stories about Srila Prabhupada's departure that when they did um, when they did prepare the body, whoever the physician was, he was amazed at the condition of Srila Prabhupada's body and how he existed all those years in the United States. And he never really seemed to be in any painful condition. Now, I would say, at some point, some part of Srila Prabhupada, that would be unfair to say some part. I would say that Srila Prabhupada would identify as someone that was on the transcendental plane or platform. You think about the sannyasis, the gurus that have left their bodies. You hear about the condition, how much pain they're in, and how even at their last moments, they're trying to still preach to their disciples. They're trying to still spread the word of Krishna consciousness without the traditional pain medications. It is not possible. It is not possible when Bhakti Tirta Swami left his body, or before, there were so many things that we didn't know was wrong with him, and he didn't either. And one of his favorite pastimes is dancing in kirtan, and what happens? He develops a melanoma on his foot to the point where, and think of this, a melanoma of someone of Gurudev's color, it's rare it really is rare, and to have it where he had it, on his foot, was even rarer. But the thing about devotees is that they develop so much, so many unbelievable pastimes in their lives, so many unbelievable situations that they don't fall into any particular category. The fact that his mood was constantly chant around me, he wanted to hear constantly the... Mahamantra, Bhakti Charu Swami. The last time I was in his association was in India in 2020. And something was so strange because the building that I was in 
was right next to a little arena that they set up where Bhaktacharu would come in and he would speak every day. But there was something very unusual about it. Knowing that he was not always in perfect health, he was there every day and he was there in the evening. I'm thinking, what's going on? Why is he doing this? I'm not saying that he knew what was going to happen, but I'm saying that maybe he knew that his time was short and he was trying to put everything possible as much as he could get into the holy name, into spreading Krishna consciousness. Because at that point, when he left India, or maybe he was having symptoms before he left India, but when he did, his condition, his health deteriorated. Now, these are people that we don't think of as having any unusual pains. They go through immense pain, and you wonder what got them through it. Well, you have to know that anything in the material world does not work because they're constantly changing science. They'll tell you, well, this works now. It's going to have these side effects, this particular pain medication. And then a couple of, later, a couple of years later, they come out, and then they've changed it because there's something else they've discovered that is defective in this particular medicine. The Maha Mantra has not changed and will not change since Lord Chaitanya entered the material world over 500 years ago. We were benefited to only chant the Maha Mantra and receive the same benefits that someone would have received if they had done pujas, if they had done fire sacrifices they would receive they would have received the similar benefits of someone if they but chanted the maha mantra that's how powerful it is we don't really realize it there was a situation somewhere in africa where there's a little child and i don't know how many have heard of it but the little child that's crossing the road and children are innocent you tell them something and deep in their hearts they seem to know things intuitively well, this child was very Krishna consciousness, very much devoted to Krishna. And I understand that in crossing the road, she hit, she was hit by a truck. And she was spun a couple of times in the air, and she landed. And when she landed, they did not think this child would make it. Well, when the parents got to the child, from my understanding, they were checking to see if she's okay, and she was letting them know she was totally fine because this person caught her and they held her in their arms as she was going through the air. So yes, of course, the parents thought the child was losing her mind, but ultimately they came to understand that she was describing the Shringadev. Well, they took the observation a little bit further and they checked parts of her body, and you could see the nails of someone or some transcendental form that had scratched her, holding her in their hands, carrying her from one point across the road. Certainly, it could have been her death, but because she was so inspired, she was so devotional, to Krishna, to the level of understanding that she had, the relationship with him, that I don't believe this child was worried when that truck hit her. But she had the proof that something held her, something with claws that the, these figures, the nail claws weren't on her back before. They were afterwards. Now, I got to tell you, I am not the best of storytellers, but to the best of my ability... There are stories of modern-day situations where having the mood of Krishna consciousness has saved so many of us. And you wonder, do you have to be 100% perfect to get some benefit from the Maha Mantra? I can tell you, I'm not. I am not 100% perfect. I am still trying I'm still trying very hard to understand all of the things that a devotee of Lord Krishna would do or would not do. 
I'm trying to take the mood of a devotee. It is not the easiest position in the world, but it is the most beneficial. But I started out maybe the first or second year in Krishna consciousness, well, being around devotees, and little things begin to happen to me. And I am, I'm telling you, I barely understood the Maha Mantra, but I was encouraged to chant it. During the process, I have to look back at my life and realize how many situations that I stepped into that for the average person, they had no right of being able to step out of those situations alive. So I'm not saying I am so transcendentally, uh, I'm not so much on the transcendental platform, but I can tell you how powerful the Maha Mantra is. Yes, it is important that you chant it with sincerity, but even when you're chanting it, even if you don't mean to be offensive in chanting it, just chanting the holy name has so much potency. And I will tell you, I'll never tire of the stories. You know, a bullet shot through a window in a spot where I would be sitting, totally refused to go through that window, and it climbed glass and went into the second floor ceiling. There is no explanation behind that one. None. None. But there were other ulterior things that were going on with the corporation that I worked for, so I had an opportunity of seeing Krishna in action, Krishna live in action. Um, What was the other situation? The position that I had... Uh, at this corporation, I would go out to um, the customer's home and we would address their issues, their um, consumption of various utilities. And being a female, I can tell you in that position, I was not trying to be Wonder Woman. And I don't know how many comments that will come back to bite me on this, but I can handle it. The point is, I was working in areas where only men should have been working, but because I had become the sole, well, not the sole breadwinner, but one of the main breadwinners of the family, I had to take these jobs because I wanted my family to be okay. Uh, not that they weren't provided for nicely, they were, but I wanted to be able to independently provide for them So I took positions that most females would not have taken. And in those positions, I would go to the homes, and it's amazing how many people are coming back from some type of crime, coming back from jail, and how many of those individuals we had to visit. Two of them stood out. One, I didn't realize the individual had just come back from jail, and I'm going up these steps, back steps, on a snowy day. There's no traction on the steps, but I have to get up these steps to get to this customer. And then when I get up there, he tells me about the, uh, what do they call it, the stint that he had in jail and all of the things that they found him guilty of, but he's very glad that he's out. And my mind just starts to go. It's like, okay, it's just him and me up here. Those stairs are completely icy. And if he ever did anything crazy, all I could do was slide down the stairs. These are, this may not stand out or mean anything to anybody, but it meant something to me because as I look back over my life and realize how imperfect my Krishna conscious was, and I'm still working on it, the Lord still took care of me. He understood better than anyone else that in my heart I was trying to develop a Krishna conscious mood. I was trying to approach, if anything, something similar to a spiritual platform. And he helped me in that process because the situations that I came out of That was one of them. Um, The other was when I knew I had a problem when I walked in the door. When you look out, when you go to a place, especially um, when you're working for a corporation, and you know you have to go and visit houses, 
you automatically look at that house and you look at how many ways you can get out of that house. They tell us that. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, it's okay, it's my job, I can do this, no problem. You know, I really went out on those jobs in faith. Those jobs I started when I came around devotees, but it was in faith, and it wasn't in complete faith. But the point is, someone said that Krishna takes care of his devotees, that you can develop this relationship with Krishna that's totally unique. It is so powerful, it is so potent, it matches nothing in the material world. And I begin to experience it in the job. So many levels of it in the job. In this particular house, bars are up to the window. There's a window missing with the um, wood. But this is a customer whose house I have to go into. So you automatically have to psych yourself up. It's like, okay, we're going to go in, do what I need to do, and get out safely. That's the mood I was in 15 or more years ago. That's kind of how I lived my life. It was like if I wrote a book, I'd have to leave the country. Of all the situations that I came across, this individual, I didn't realize when I stepped in, but I did later, was not operating with the full deck. There was definitely something wrong with him to the point where he asked me, what made you come into this house uh, knowing that there was a male that you were going to wait on and not knowing anything about him? He said, how could you feel so safe as to come in here? You have no idea what I'll do. And at that moment, the only thing I could think of was I sat in this devotee class that I know that the word of the Lord is very powerful so I automatically told him, I didn't walk into your house alone. I walked in with the Lord. And it shut him down completely like that. That's how I lived. I lived on the edge of Krishna consciousness, the belief that if you take one step, the Lord will take two. The understanding that when you experience and experience on the spiritual platform, there is nothing you can match it to in the material world. When they say that you are loved, you are loved. When they say that the Lord will take care of his devotee, he will take care of his devotee. When they tell you that you will never tire of hearing the Lord's name or seeing the Lord as the citizens of Dwarka did, you can never bore or tire that because each time you see the Lord, the Lord has so many unlimited personalities, attractions, that each time you see him, he's even more attractive than the first time. Everything is perfect and complete when you are reaching, when you are trying for that spiritual platform when you're trying to approach it. In Originally, we are supposed to be Satchit Ananda, full of knowledge, full of bliss, eternal. And if you did nothing but read the scriptures, if you read the Bhagavad Gita, and you graduated to Srimad Bhagavatam, Sri Chaitanya Chaitamrita, all of your lessons and instructions on how to live a life are there. You've been given examples through the scriptures of those that have come before you recently, acharyas that have come before you hundreds of years ago, that have had these experiences and they're passing it along to you. If you just have enough faith to realize and understand that the position that you're in right now is not your true position. It is not your true position. This is just, it's not even a reasonable, reasonable facsimile of who you are. Your original personality is much more grander, absolutely beautiful spiritually, and you have unlimited in whatever it is you want because you're a child of the Lord. Everything that we will ever need, if our level of 
faith was strong enough, we could sit at home and we could honor the Lord, we can worship, we can serve. We don't even have to leave that house. And Krishna can and has arranged for things to come directly to us. Just as he arranges every single day for the birds to have whatever they need to live, the creepy crawlers that crawl around, they are never without anything. When you take to the level of devotional service, which is important, service, key, very key. When you take to the level of devotional service on the path of Krishna consciousness, you put yourself in a position to have pretty much carte blanche. Whatever it is the Lord believes you need to facilitate your service, he will provide it. Even if you don't see it, the Lord will provide it. That's how powerful he is. That's how powerful the relationship is. But to have a relationship like the citizens of Dwarka had with the Lord, this is something that they developed over time. Who knows how long the time was. In order to have a relationship with Krishna, you have to develop a loving mood, a loving attitude. And Krishna does not make it difficult. If you look back over your life, you can think about how many situations you got by, barely by the skin of your teeth, how many wonderful things that have happened to you. If you can't think of even one thing that's happened to you, if you're able to listen to these words coming from the scriptures, not necessarily from my mouth, but from the scriptures, you have been blessed. You have been truly blessed, and maybe time will tell you how very rare that blessing is. Every single one of us has a blessing that comes from the Lord because of our relationship with him. What makes a difference is that you understand in the position that you're in right now in the material world, we have four defects. What is it? The propensity to cheat, um, illusion. Oh, there are two more. Cheating, illusion, making mistakes, and there's a third one. It'll come to me. But we enter into this material world imperfectly. Don't think that you'll ever have the relationship of your life and it's going to be 100% perfect. Nope, doesn't exist in the material world. You'll have ups and downs and ups and downs. You can make a billion dollars in the material world, on the material platform, and still not be satisfied. How many times do we hear of people that are wealthy, that take their lives, or they have this wealth and they don't know what to do with it? Hugh Hefner was, what, a millionaire or a billionaire? And there, were, there was a specific plane that he was responsible for uh, that his pop popularity was based on. As much money as he had, at the point in which he was leaving his body, they came across someone who looked like an old, old scraggly person who had never had a shave. His nails were unusually long. His clothing was totally tattered. Or maybe not so much tattered as it was not becoming to someone of his wealth. You will never be satisfied in the material world. That does not mean that you just end your life. No, you're here to complete what you didn't in your last life. You're here to correct whatever it is that you did in your past life because whatever we have done, at some point in time, we will get the boomerang effect. It will come back to us. But most, of, most importantly, we're here in this material world. We made the decision to come here because... We wanted to be like God. Who wouldn't want to have that? I would not. There's too much. I have learned that I only need the basics, and whatever it is I don't have, if Krishna feels that I should have it, he gives it to me. And he has been doing that for over 20 years, more than 20 years. Not one time can I tell you that I became a devotee where Krishna did not provide for me. And there were situations 
that were regarding this company, I mean, this company, in essence, was a blessing because they showed me how demoniac a corporation could be. And yet and still, this company tried as much as they could to take whatever Lakshmi I had. I ended up coming out of the company on an early retirement because I had been injured on the job with no cushioning. I was just receiving a check from month to month. I had to spend as much as I could because they had, in order to humiliate me, they had uh, changed my position at work, thinking, oh, that'll, that'll calm her down. She won't be so outspoken, which I was, am, still am. But the point is, you're looking at someone who practically almost Everything was taken away. And we're talking, when was this? Yeah, over a decade ago. And here I am sitting in Texas with anything and everything I need. There is no lack. Any health issues I have? Gosh, yes, they are unbelievable. But the point is, I know enough to ask for the Lord's mercy. I pray. I talk to him. He has never disappointed me. People in my life have disappointed me. People in your life will disappoint you. Krishna will never disappoint you. But you have to understand that the world we're living in is not the real world. That there is a transcendental spirituality, a platform, a consciousness that is natural to us. All, we're unnatural in this world, feeling cold, feeling hungry, needing this, needing that. As a child of the Lord, you need not need anything. All you need is to understand that you are the servant of the Lord, or even better yet, you're the servant of the servant of the Lord. Or better yet, you're the servant of the servant of the servant of the Lord. The the Lord loves that. Here's this person doing something for someone else. There's no guarantee he's going to get anything back. But because he understands that it's part of the mood of devotional service, he does it anyway. She does it anyway. And he rewards you amazingly. We can feel like the citizens of Dwarka. We have, at some point in time, had audience with the Lord. We've had darshan with the Lord. We just don't remember it. But in this life that we're in right now, depending on your level of surrender, you can still have the opportunity to have association with the Lord in the temple, outside the temple, in your homes, wherever you are. He is with you at all times. And depending on your determination of being surrendered, he will show himself to you. Once you have had some type of sighting of the Lord, or you've had some type of experience that you know is not a normal experience, that it is a transcendental experience, that it leaves you feeling totally blissful, you've had a connection with the Lord, and he's just giving you the... not even the tip of the iceberg of how perfect it can be. And what do we have to do? Surrender. Understand, he is the supreme personality of Godhead. He knows all, he does all, he supplies all, he is the everything. Who else would I be serving? Why would I serve anybody else? He knows my past, he knows my present, my future, and he's taking care of me. And some people can say, well, I don't know if the Lord's taking care of me because I've had some challenges. That doesn't mean that the Lord created those challenges. We create a lot of situations ourselves. And to come into Krishna consciousness, most of us begin to realize, okay, there's some things that I've done, and it's only fair that this cycle go around that I start to pay back what I've done. And nowhere in the world have I come across a faith that allows you to have the experience of surrendering, of serving 
someone, someone who does not take advantage of the fact that you're serving them, and they give you something in return. And you should have that experience with the devotee of the Lord. Those that are in positions of managing or leadership or, or parents, husbands, wives, you should be able to have that experience. It's a very unique experience. And sometimes when I'm talking about this, when I write this down the night before, I'm overwhelmed with thought. Overwhelmed. Half of the things that I write never enter into the temple because I come here and it's like I change. It's like, okay, so Radha Kalachandi, what do we say today? Now, I'm not trying to make you believe that we're constantly in contact, but there is that possibility that you can have that relationship with the Lord. People come here and they stand before him and they experience a connection. Pray to have the mood of love that the citizens of Dwarka had for the Lord. Pray to be on the level of understanding that no matter how many times you hear the holy name, no matter how many times you see the Lord's Atravigraha, you are never, ever completely satiated or satisfied. Never. Because you always want more because he's always manifesting something different that attracts you more, but that it is possible to have this relationship and just do one thing, simple thing. Just drop your guard. Let go. Surrender to the Lord. We can, if we want, read enough about the background of the Lord. We can, if we want, to read enough about the background of the Lord from the Vedic scriptures, from other particular religions, they all have some connection. They all have some connection with the old Vedic knowledge. They're all connected. And all they ask is, in some way or another, surrender to the Lord, have faith the size of a mustard seed, be sincere in your efforts, do it for others, don't be so ego-centered, Understand that you are here and you are in the spiritual world to serve the Lord. There is no loss. There is only gain. But you have to understand that there is one Lord. That all of us can't be running around here pretending like we're Lord. That when you drop that facade, when you understand that Krishna is Lord of Lords, the Supreme Lord, then you begin to get a really good focus of what your life is supposed to be like. Then you will get glimpses of the spiritual realm. It is not impossible. So let's see how far off track did I get. <laughs> As we come to understand in text 25, the inhabitants of Dwarka, they really were regularly accustomed to look upon the reservoir of beauty. The Lord is infallible. Yet they were never satiated, never satisfied. We should be in that mood that when we come to the temple, when we are around devotees that emanate this energy of devotion, of God consciousness, that we should never, ever get enough of that particular personality. Those are the relationships that we should have in this world. As devotees, we should have a go-to person that we can talk to and just drop your guard. Just talk a little Krishna Kata. And you'll understand that there can be perfect, almost near-perfect relationships in this material world if they're on the proper level. And the only level of understanding and the only level of consciousness that to date that I have come to understand and respect is Krishna consciousness. Out of all the religions that I've gone through, they were all stepping stones to this process. And th there remains no regret. 
absolutely no regret. Lots of stories to tell along the way. But we should be able to have some level of love for the Lord so that we don't go too far away from him. That we don't steer too far away from the holy name. That we understand this is who we are and this is our relationship. And that we do everything possible to maintain that relationship with the Lord because at some point, one day, whenever Krishna determines it, then he'll take us back. And when we get there, we'll wonder, what the heck did, why did I leave this? So just think of the world, uh, this world as a training ground for the real experience of being in the spiritual world. And understand that no matter how important you are, no matter how much you have, you are not perfect because you came along with everybody else to the spiritual world. That was totally so wrong for the jiva to even, not even a gentle man can exist in this world. That's just how hard and crucial it is, especially in Kali Yuga. So the only thing that I know that I can hold on to is the holy name. The only thing I know that I can hold on to is the service. Whatever service that's offered, I take it because I take it as the Lord asking me to do something for him. And based on all the things that he's ever done for me, I'll do it. I'll drop whatever I need to do to do it. Take the step to doing some service for another devotee. Take it sincerely. Take it without expecting anything in return. And you're starting to understand what it's really like in the spiritual world. We all help each other. We all do for each other. We all love each other because we're all one big family. We've made the mistake of separations in this world. It doesn't have to be like that. But, yes, I think I stuck to the main point. And also the fact that the Maha Mantra can also represent the name, the form. It has all the qualities of the Lord. So it's not so difficult. Just chant. Chant one time. Chant two times a day. Start somewhere. And if you believe that there's going to be some benefit, if you understand the connection of the Maha Mantra to the Lord, you will start seeing the benefits of it. But do it in such a way that you don't expect anything because that's, that's when the really the big things start to happen. You're not expecting it. It happens anyway. So I'll end at this point. Um, any comments or any questions you have? No? And I, I do apologize. Sometimes I'll go through the scriptures and I'll go off course, but I'm trying to bring it to a common ground so that here in 20 that here in 2021 you can understand that what was true 5000 years ago can be true today to understand that we have been given a great gift of the maha mantra and that we should use it we may not have a lot of opportunities to use it so when you come across the opportunity to serve in some way, even by chanting at serving. Do it. Do it sincerely. And I would like to say, if you're doing this sincerely, just check back with yourself in about three months and see what differently has happened because something has to change. Even if you're chanting offensively and you don't mean to, do it over an extended period of time. For some people, they use 30 days. Some people, three months. Some people, six months. Some people, a year. But do it consistently, trying to establish some type of rapport with the Lord through the holy name. And watch and see how your life changes. I will not say that I do everything perfectly, but I perfectly understand my relationship with the Lord, and I perfectly understand that he loves me. No one could tell me anything different because he has shown me, and he will show you. Those that are hearing this, those that are here listening, there is so much that awaits you. It's just our little ego that keeps us out of 
the uh, association of the Lord. So, I know I've gone over. We'll end at this point. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Jai Sri Sri Radha Kalachanji Dham Ki Jai.